My name's Tony, good to see you all. If you're a guest here, as you was in, said earlier by Tim, you are so welcome here. And uh, I love that video, four minutes long, the whole Bible in four minutes, right there. And um, as I was preparing this talk, I thought, I just wish I could speak like he speaks. Like in my head as I'm preparing, I sound like this really articulate Welshman. Not quite worked out like that, has it? But anyway, Merry Christmas. And uh, up to now, I think we've done really well, not to mention last night. There we go, I've mentioned it. Joy, it's about joy today. And uh, I wrote two lines to begin today's little message. And uh, sadly, I've had to choose joy is a good description of how we do not feel about last night's events. However... We have some good news today, which goes way beyond football, and I love a bit of football. Christmas is a brilliant time of the year. Would you all agree with that? Yes, it's a great time, and it gifts, food, family, friends. It's also a difficult time for people, you know, a reminder of loss or sadness, and uh, where we were at, you know, where we're at at this time at Christmas, sometimes we don't quite get the point of Christmas, or Even worse, we totally misunderstand it, but that can't be you because you're here in the room tonight, so that's good. Wherever we are today in that little list of loving Christmas, loving life, loving our family for Christmas, or it's a struggle, we have a great message of joy today. So that's what I'm excited about. And again, just say Merry Christmas. And uh, I hope you're enjoying our carol service so far. I think they're doing great. I love the performance song. I loved it when uh, one little child subtly went across me and as he got to hear, put his fingers in his ears. I didn't feel quite the same. I think the singing was brilliant. And uh, we're having a great time here. And uh, over there you'll see our baptistry. That's the professional word for it, but obviously it's a little paddling pool. But we're going to all have our gaze on that in a short time. And uh, it's going to be exciting to hear from Dave and Liz as they come and get baptised and share their stories. The people of God, that video just condensed the whole Bible in four minutes. And it talked about the people of God waiting, the people of God failing, sometimes waiting for this Messiah eagerly, can't wait, pressing in, other times with a real ache and a longing, but other times passively, and other times failing God completely. Waiting for the promised Messiah, the promised Saviour, and then nothing for 400 years. In the waiting, they're living under oppression, conflict. This is the people of God. Pressure from the Roman authorities. They were a really taken advantage group of people, and they're waiting for the Messiah. Exciting times, but painful times too. And then God intervenes. The story of Advent, the coming of Jesus. Firstly, I'm just going to give in a few more details to what Di had to say. And I will, do, I will try not to go into my fake Welsh accent. But you've you're, you got some Welsh in you, haven't you, Catherine? I definitely won't then. It's not going to work. But God intervenes. And the angel of the Lord appears to this old guy called Zechariah. And he says... Your wife is going to have a child. And they were old, devout people of God. And that's the beginning of the Advent season. 
And they would have been, they was, and it says the child, you may know the story, the child grows up to be John the Baptist. And it says to be filled with the Holy Spirit in, in his mother's womb. This is the beginning of the work of God in the Advent season. Then the angel Gabriel is sent by God to a virgin called Mary. You know the story. Who unsurprisingly was greatly troubled. And the angel Gabriel said, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. How can this be, she asks. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pick up the story from the Bible. I'm going to read the, the verses that was read out earlier. Just in case you weren't listening. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town together to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, and that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Great joy. That's the essence of what we're going to talk about today. So Jesus is born in Bethlehem to a young teenage girl, unmarried girl, in a, in a grotty cave actually is where this would have taken place, the birth. Not really how you would imagine a Messiah, someone who's going to come and save the world to be born into. The coming Messiah, it's said in the Old Testament, was to be a deliverer, a mighty king. And there he is, born in a cave, nowhere to go. The deliverer and saviour of an oppressed people to overturn the enemies of the day, to bring freedom, born in what was just basically a smelly old cave. Jesus is born, then an angel of the Lord appears before some shepherds out in the field at night. And I love it that the shepherds were the first to be informed. Instead of it being announced in, you know, the biggest announcement ever in history of the whole world, instead of it being told to the rich and the famous and the dignitaries and the world-famous politicians and the like, it's told to some shepherds in a field. And the shepherds, you may not know this, you may know it, were really the low life of society. Those who were, there was just, their only friends were their, themselves. Shepherds were friends of shepherds. They weren't even allowed to give testimony in a court of law. That's how lowly they were seen. Not to be trusted, not to be respected. And here they are invited into the greatest moment in history ever. And God cares for the lost and he cares for the downtrodden. He cares for those who are the least and the lonely. That's the heart of God. An angel of the Lord appears to them. 
That's the appears to the shepherds. I mean, even that in itself would be pretty frightening. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I'm not really surprised about that. They're just dealing with sheep, and now the presence of God is with them. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Great joy. And I love this. This is the message of the Bible, the good news and great joy for all the people. Great joy, not small joy, not a little bit of joy, not a bit of joy on a Friday and Saturday night when we don't have to work, not modest joy that just, okay, I'm in a bit of a better mood, but great joy, unsearchable joy, unspeakable joy, complete joy, deep-seated joy rooted in Jesus. And you know, the thing is, this joy is not the same as happiness. It's very different. Happiness is great. I mean, I was hoping for a lot more happiness last night than I received. I don't know about you. And I love happiness. I love going to a comedy night. I love going to watch Fulham play. Some people say the two mix together. But anyway, we won't talk about that. But don't you? you love, we love to be happy, right? But we know it can be fragile. It can change in a moment. You've been to a great concert. You've just been to see Coldplay at Wembley. And then your train's cancelled to get home. How quick the joy can just go from us. And there's a real difference between joy and happiness. What are the things that make you happy? Think about it. Are they things that probably end up there a bit temporary, a bit fragile? Tesco's has declared there is a shortage of joy. They still take your money though. But anyway, that's another story. Every other advert tells us we need their product to be happy. But we know it just doesn't last. That perfume that you bought for someone or someone bought for you, it goes in the end, doesn't it? It runs out. There's a last spray somewhere. It can be gone in a moment, happiness. We like to give presents and Christmas is great for that, isn't it? We give presence because there is real happiness in that moment and that's a good thing right so I'm not now saying don't buy presents please buy presents make people happy because there is something wonderful about that isn't there when you give a present to someone you love and you see the joy and the happiness on their face but we do know that that's not going to last whether it's a bottle of perfume or a kid's toy at best they're going to outgrow the toy that's if it lasts before the end of the time they go back to school. It can be gone in a moment. The problem with happiness is it really is a bit transient. And sometimes we try and repeat it or find ways of numbing the pain when it's gone. Maybe through another Netflix series. Maybe through a bit more alcohol. Maybe through messy relationships or other addictions. But there is so much more. This joy from God can't be mustered up ourselves. We can't just make it happen. It cannot be made up. It's born out of hope. A hope that is certain and eternal. It transcends any physical comfort. It's not based on how well we are, on our health. It's not based on relationships. It's tied to hope in Jesus and his love for us. His hope is certain. His love is totally unconditional. 
It says, today a saviour has been born. It's what we hope in that can bring real joy. Is your hope in something that can't deliver? Jesus can and will deliver complete joy. And this joy is absolutely and certainly and totally connected to and is about Jesus, the saviour of the world. It's rooted in hope. It's rooted in who he says he is. God has come into the world. He, that is Jesus, lived the perfect life and died on a cross in place of you and me. He then rose from the grave and he's coming again. No wonder it says great joy. No wonder it says great joy, not a little bit of joy. This is the best news ever. And this joy is born of the Holy Spirit. Remember, John the Baptist filled the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit that he can go and say good news to the poor, proclaim captives for, freed, for, for prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind. This is what Jesus is about. This is what he's doing. It's by his spirit, he brings hope to us. He reveals his love to us so that we may believe. And then the joy. Today is a carol service. We've ticked the box. We've sung some carols. It's not about ticking boxes, by the way. But we have done that, right? We've sung some carols. But it's so much more. And today, we're baptising Dave and Liz which is great news. And in a few moments, we're going to hear from them and hear their stories. And you may not have seen a baptism before. Maybe you're here for the first time. Dave and Liz are going to declare, Jesus is my hope and my joy. That he not only came as a baby, but died for them and rose from the grave. No wonder there is such joy available. For all that I've said in the last... 10 or 12 minutes, whatever it's been, what I've said, may have, you may have engaged with it or you may not have. But what you're going to see in a moment over there where that pool is, is a picture and a demonstration of how this joy works. So I'm going to just explain a little bit about what baptism is. It's a bath. It's more than a bath. The water, it's just ordinary water that we've warmed up a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit, which is important. But that, that water will, not, will make them a little bit cleaner, I guess, but it won't cleanse them deep within. And it can't cleanse them of all the wrongs they've done. But this is what it signifies. This water is a cleansing. And it's a being washed clean by God. You know, you may uh, have been to, in different types of services, uh, people can get baptised and they might wear a white robe. And uh, Jenny, my wife, I wasn't there, I didn't know her then, but she got baptised in this white robe. And uh, it turns out on that day that she got baptised, stepped out of the pool and broke her arm. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> that's not got a connection with the white robe. You can ask her about it. But in a way, the white robe is a bit, I think it's a bit of a, it's the wrong thing really. Because as they get in that water, and there's no white robes involved here, right? But it's like, the white robe signifies purity, I suppose. But when this, the symbolic nature of this is that white robe actually has got things written on it like shame, 
jealousy, guilt, anger, selfishness, anxiety, pride, liar. I'm not talking about Dave and Liz, I'm talking about all of us, right? But when they get in that water and this robe, it's got all that stuff and you can add your own little list because there's more. And when they get in there and they go under that water, it's like they're being cleansed by God. And all that stuff Jesus paid the price for. It's a picture of what happened to Dave and Liz on that day when they become Christians. So it's a bath and it's a burial as well. It signifies union with Christ in his death and his burial and his resurrection. And as they go under the water, it signifies dying with Christ. In other words, the old has gone. They're dying to their old way of life. And the third part is this, is that when we pull them back up, and we will pull them back up, don't worry about that. When they come back up out of the water, this demonstrates their new life in Jesus. The resurrection life won through Jesus' resurrection. A complete new life in Christ. The new has come. So this joy that they've exper- they're experiencing have been, and many of us have, is born from the work of God in our lives, being born again. This deep joy in Jesus is available for everyone. That's what it says for all people. Great joy for all people.